Thanks for joining us for this episode. And I'm really excited to share part of this conversation that I had with Pastor Tom Brennan. We found something that we disagreed on. And so he was more than willing to have a conversation to discuss his thoughts on the use of media in churches as well as the Christian world in general. Again, he and I do not agree on everything. That's why this is a really interesting conversation to share with you. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you today. My name is Luke Clayton, and welcome to the Must Increase Podcast. First of all, I read a little bit about you. I do follow, um, I have listened to, I don't know if every single episode, but most of the episodes of the podcast you co-host with, um, uh, and everybody else's name is slipping my mind, but the Issues Podcast. Um, yes, so yeah, I, uh, and I wanted to, I, I just want to start out by saying, um, you know, I have been really encouraged by a lot of the content that y'all cover. Um I appreciate your, I appreciate your spirit and perspective. Um, uh, you're, you're helping a lot of people have a bad rap, as you know, and I think it's a lot of your motivation of starting, maybe starting podcasts, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people give independent Baptist a bad rap, uh, them specifically. And you guys have a really good demeanor spirit and you, uh, y'all aren't afraid to disagree, which I believe is probably one of the biggest, kind of, uh, I guess, issues that the independent Baptist world tends to have <laughs> is, you know, they don't, they just, you're not allowed to disagree, you know? And so right. I, I just want to let you know, I have listened to, like I said, a lot of your episodes and I found it to be really helpful. Um, without going into too much of my story, I, uh, I've grown up in an independent Baptist church. I'm still attending mm -hmm. one right now, Franklin road Baptist mm -hmm. church, very, uh, uh, far to the right traditionally in terms mm -hmm. of conservative values and theology and everything. Um, and I have, I took kind of a season, if you will, a couple of years, uh, I was going through some personal things in my life and I took some time away, uh, from, uh, Franklin road. And I was going to just a, another, uh, non-denominational church in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, long story short, God ultimately brought me back to Franklin road and I'm there now. Um, and I realized that I do not have to agree with everything that's said from the pulpit or position that they take for me to uh, be a part of a church because I'm not going to agree with everything. And I can honestly say uh, some of what uh, you guys had said in your podcast kind of helped me to come full circle on that. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you for your work there. I, I really do appreciate it. I know you guys have a well, pretty decent you. audience from what I understand. Um, and you're helping people um, because I'm, I'm one of those. So, yeah, well, that's absolutely. that's. That's why we do it. We, we, uh, that and the money, we do it for that and the money. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We're all doing podcasts for the money out here. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, because right. nowadays you would think that, you know, podcast is a guaranteed moneymaker with all the podcasts that are out there. You know, everybody's just discovered this get rich quick scheme. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I enjoy it though. You've obviously put a lot of time and work into building, uh, I don't want to call it a company because I don't know what your business is exactly, but into technology and into platforms. Um, and you obviously know what you're doing on that end. Is it, is it 
giving you payback yet? Are you are you making progress at that? Yeah, uh, that's a it's a great question, and it is one that is I found it's hard to uh, quantify it exactly. Sure. Um, but uh, I mean, I have been doing um, podcasting specifically now since what was it like? I think I started my podcast in fall of 2018. Um, mm. And with some exception, there have been a couple of kind of seasons of hiatus that I took either because, well, mostly it was because I was overwhelmed and just didn't have time to put out episodes. And, and sure. I'm actually coming off of one of those here. I've only re, you know, I kind of took the first half of this year without producing a lot of new content. Um, but I have discovered that the more that you, um, the more consistent I am with it, uh, the more just constant kind of steady flow of engagement maybe I have, whether it be somebody reaching out. Uh, usually it's somebody reaching out by way of email or something like that. I'm not right. very active as of now on social media. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I think there's value in it. I know from a marketing perspective that it is, I really should. I could, I could really probably scale up a lot more if I would. I'm just not a social media guy. Um, right. In spite of the fact I'm all in on the millennial age, you know, it's just not my thing. Sure. Um, but I mean, I'm, I've been in business now for seven years with it being my full-time income and, and been able to grow in spite of not being, you know, all that into social media. Again, not to say I wouldn't, you know, I, I am actually right. recently, I've started considering getting in on it more. Um, but I, I like the podcast in particular because it allows me to have um, like, for example, our conversation today, it's going to be, we're going to have the opportunity to, you know, really uh, get into conversation. You know, it's right. not like a quick little, you know, three to four minute or or even 90 second hit, you know, like you would on social media where you're just, you know, and there's value in communicating a lot and a little, I know that, but I do like being able to go deeper, I guess, uh, whether it's so with I, a guest or, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know you, but as I was trying to, to, to figure out what you were trying to accomplish and where you're coming from in a, in a mindset of what I want to do. I was thinking of Charlie Rose. Yeah. And I know who he is. Um, but he, uh, I, I'm, I've not followed. I know he's a, you know, a former, well, before he got, he got canceled or whatever back in the yeah, day. Right. But, uh, but I know he did, he know, did, journalist, he did yeah. long form, long form discussion, you know, and it was, and it was just two guys in a table. Mm -hmm. And everything else was black, and it led yeah. to, it wasn't, it, it wasn't television in the sense of um, entertainment or in the sense of, uh, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't like a class. It was a discussion, mm -hmm. is what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the modern equivalent of that now, the first name that comes to mind is if you've, uh, and I'm not endorsing him per se, but Joe Rogan. Um, you've, you've probably, I mean, he does these. Now he and, is he is not uh, a certainly liberal, and you know right. there's definitely a language warning. Um, but yeah, I, I do appreciate at least what he's doing. Like, hey, I'm 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 trying to have deep conversation, not you know, uh, and that's why I call it conversations. I don't call them interviews because yeah, you know, we might right. have some talking points, but this is genuinely a conversation. I'm not afraid to to some degree chase rabbits. Um, sure. and things like that. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that, you know, like I said, and I've, I've heard it said before, the, the real benefit of podcasting that platform in particular, the way it's from everything, from the way it's, you know, produced to the way it's distributed, it, it, you may not be able to, if you're a, you can't go as wide, but you can go deep. 
And typically the audience that is connecting with uh, my podcast, I've found are by and large pretty loyal and that they've been mm-hmm. around for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're consistently listening. Um, and so you're able to kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, I can go deeper with a, with a handful, you know, whereas on social media, you're going more wide and broad. Um, and so, yeah, I I really like that approach. So, um, yeah, but again, thank you for agreeing to get on here and have one of these conversations. Um, you know, before, before we begin, um, you know, I, and by the way, I've, I've had recording going since we started, I will Mm -hmm. just like, I don't, I don't say, oh, and it begins now. Like we're just we're just talking and whenever it seems right in editing to just organically, oh, that's when the conversation started. You'll do that. So it, we're 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 in it. You know, we're in it now. Um, but I do, I genuinely just want to know, like, yeah, just tell me and I guess tell our audience as well, uh, a little bit about yourself, you know, um, you know, who you are, what you're doing. Uh so yeah, take it away. Uh I'm 50 years old. I pastor Bible Baptist Church in Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, this is my third church uh, coming out of college. My father was a pastor. I grew up in a Christian home and uh, went to Christian school, went to Bible college, started a church out of college, was there seven years. Uh, that church still exists, which warms my heart very much. And yeah. then I spent the next 16 years in inner city Chicago, and that really changed me as a person, uh, changed us as a family. That was that was a, a real life-changing uh, stay. And then toward the latter end of my time in Chicago, the Lord allowed me to begin a writing ministry. And so uh, I will take the things that I study. Most of the time, what I write is something that I have studied or uh, and or taught or preached. Um, and so I have a blog that I write, and I have um, written several books at this point and plan to write more. And then someone came to me several years ago with the idea of a podcast and um I grumblingly agreed to do it because <laughs> I saw the value of the format and it's still not, we were talking a moment ago about how you like podcasting. I still don't because I can't <laughs> control it as precisely as I can writing. Like if I'm yeah, writing sure. and I use the wrong term, I can just delete and back up and fix it. You know, yep. when you're, and everyone's in podcasting, you can edit, but uh, it, it, it's, it, I think writing makes for a more distilled sense of wisdom, but podcasting is also where people are at. And I realized that, and I want to speak to the guys that are, that are listening to podcasts. And I don't mean that in a sense of, I want them to hear me. I, I mean, that in a sense of, I want to minister to them. I want to help them. I want to yeah. encourage them and not, not shape them necessarily, but I do want to influence them. And, um, and this is where they're at. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, as you know, I already said, I, I've connected with your podcast, the issues podcast, um, you and um, a few other pastors, uh, th- three other pastors, I believe, co-host that. And um, it's been something uh, that has been, uh, as I told you, encouraging to me even uh, to hear your perspective. And I, I like, once again, how uh, you guys uh, you guys don't always agree 100% and you're not afraid to have those conversations. And I think that's, that's very refreshing. Um, uh, anytime anybody can, can have that. And I'll go ahead and just off the top here, I'll, I'll go ahead and give a plug for your, your blog. It's uh, Brennan'spen.com, And we make sure to throw any resources like that uh, in the, um, in the show notes description. Um, so check it out there if you want to get uh, connected with pastor Brennan here, but um, well, I guess let's, let's dive in to the reason that we, kind of scheduled this conversation. 
Um, it all came from something that you posted on Twitter. At this point, at time of recording, it's been over a month ago. By the time this episode released, it could be two, three months age, depending on exactly the release schedule of when this episode goes out. Um, but you you put up a tweet uh, that said, uh, and I just had it pulled up because I wanted to I wanted to read it here. Uh, it said. And I quote, and I'm stalling to get it pulled back up. Uh, television <laughs> is a hellhole. Evangelical television, uh, i.e. the Duggars, Duck Dynasty, The Chosen, etc., is at best a waste of time. More often, it produces pride, destruction in the performer and the performers and doctrinal slash practical compromise in the watchers. Uh, such things are not edifying. And then you did also throw in a follow-up tweet. Um, uh, you said, hey, I'm feeling feisty this morning. Uh, so mm -hmm. tired of independent Baptist getting pulled along by this stuff and then tarnished by whatever tar brush the devil is wielding at the moment. Just go to church, read your Bible and do it right. It isn't complicated. Uh, and look, we're not here, as I told you, you know, when I reached out to you, like, we're not looking here to, uh, tear you apart or, you know, line sure. by line, you know, you know, cr cr uh, scrutinize and be critical. Really, I just think it's fair uh, to have a conversation because as you even said, when I messaged you, um, you know, this is a, something in a throwaway, I believe the word you use a throwaway tweet or a quick, right. you know, um, you know, Twitter originally was called a micro blogging site, something right. where I just, I'm limited to, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're uh, well, actually you are, you are, it looks like you're verified. So you could have gone on. Um, but you know, for us, normal people who aren't doing the verified Twitter accounts, you know, you're limited to 250 characters or whatever it is. And, right. uh, the whole, the whole idea of Twitter is to be uh, more short form. Uh, and so, you know, I reached out and was like, Hey, you know, let's have a conversation about this and, um, you know, just kind of flush this out. And because I think it would be obvious with, uh, as I initially looked at that with what I do, I don't know if I fully agree with your, your statements and everything said, but I actually think that there is some common ground that I can find with you, which namely, first of all, just generally, uh, culture, society, modern society, uh, first world culture, if you will, spends entirely too much time consuming content uh, through uh, really screens, whether it be phones, tablets, television, uh, whatever it may be. I am, and, and people tend to be shocked to hear me uh, agreed and say that, but because this is what I do. I'm in the media world. I mean, I'm making media, producing content, uh, videos, podcasts, graphics, websites for churches that is by and large going to be viewed, you know, nine out of 10 times on a screen. Um, but I, I will also admit that, and it is, it's a little bit uh, sickening and concerning the amount of, um, you know, time that the average person is spending on a screen. I believe statistics are upwards of 10 hours a day now is the average time that that I believe I forget the age range exactly, but it's the kind of uh, teenage to younger adult age specifically, they're spending eight to 10 hours a day uh, on on their screens in some way. And, and that not, is that, that that's messed up. I will I'll start it, by saying that it's not just the time. It's what that time does. Exactly. Right. So I've read probably two or three books. And we're early on in the social media whole experiment, so to speak, right? We're the True. first generation essentially to, to, to have lived it. Uh, and even the internet is, is not that, that much older. And, but it's interesting when you, when you begin to read some of those, 
psychologists who've, who've studied this that how ADD and ADHD how how the progression is has almost just shot through the roof on the charts mm-hmm. of first with the introduction of television and then with the introduction of the internet and streaming and then with phones where it's all portable and handheld right rates of depression have gone up rates of suicide have gone up rates of uh, all of these sorts and types of things more often in younger people because their brains are more malleable and more more easily formed uh, or misformed, if you will. Um, ah. Studies have shown, you know, the, the the problem with addiction and dopamine, and and you're probably familiar with all of those as well. And I'm not saying that you contribute to that. I put out content too, right? I mean, it it, it absolutely. You, I believe in the town square. I believe that God's people ought to be in the town square. I believe we ought to be vocal, visible. In a, in a gracious, loving way, you know, in wherever people are at, and this is where people are at. So there's, there's there's a large part of me that understands there's a big problem, and there's a part of me that says, okay, but I, I can't just, you know, curse the darkness. You know, I need to light a yeah. candle. I need to do something to sort of contrast that to some extent. And, and and my sense without knowing you is that is that that's what you're trying to do, which is to do something thoughtful in that space. That's my impression of you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you'd be correct. I mean, I, um, the, and, and we say it, uh, to begin or end every episode here in the intro and outros of the, of these episodes, uh, our goal is to increase truth and inspire hope. That's what we're looking to do. And obviously we're doing that through the power of media, uh, and, uh, and which are, again is going to be screens. Um, and so, yeah, you and I are though, however, on the same page, like, if if I could snap my fingers and make everybody in this world somehow, you know, I guess, I guess communist China has figured out how to do it. Right. Um, you know, make it to where you can only spend, uh, you know, X amount of time a day on a screen or on a certain app or whatever, you know, right. uh, the authoritarian side of me says, yeah, I would do that. Um, but realistically in a, particularly in a free society in this modern world, but that's not, it doesn't seem, unfortunately, that that's going to be possible, but it is a problem. Uh, and I think what you're saying is it might, it, it might be a problem, but uh, we can't just let the, uh, the crazy people, the bad people dominate these spaces. You know, the, the, the voices of truth, if you will, have to be there. And you've put yourself there by, you know, blogging and podcasting now um, and, and things like that. Um and, but I do think there's, as we look into, you know, a little bit, dive into maybe the your tweet and maybe read between the lines a little bit to some degree, there's also kind of stated here, like, look, we're, we've by and large as, as Christianity and, and the church uh, even has kind of lost focus on what matters. Uh, you know, our, we're kind of getting a little bit caught up, uh, a, a little bit, a lot caught up on maybe methodology over message. Um, you know, for example, getting in, Hey, are you using media either the right way? Are you using it too much? Are you not using it enough? Uh, or maybe it could even to not to take media, not, not, not pick on that in particular. Cause I think it's something that can be applied broadly when it comes to music, certain music styles, Hey, this certain type of music is permissible. So this certain type is not. And a lot of that has to do, uh, with kind of more methodology and preference. And I think on, you know, I don't know if you will, both sides of the church, that the more traditional side and maybe the more modern side, uh, that focus, um, that focus of methods over message has gotten, uh, that's really what's become the focus is, hey, what are we doing methodology wise? And so I guess all that to say is I'm wondering 
how can you know churches, church leaders, uh, and even those who are just Christian individuals, leaders of their families, how can they kind of renew their focus? You know, back on the message over uh, the methods. It's a bit of a prod question, but I'll leave you to uh, you know speak to that. I think, Luke, that um, I heard a preacher say one time, it really helped me, Clarence Sexton, he said, place the emphasis where God places the emphasis. Mm. So it's not just a matter of taking the Word of God and teaching or preaching it. It's a matter of of learning what God emphasizes. Maybe I can use the word prioritizes in the Word of God. Sure. So what does he want me to prioritize as a pastor, as a father, as a husband? Etc. Those sorts of things, and that really helped me to sort of to sort of distill where I wanted to put my focus and put my emphasis. So I think one of the things that happens is when you look at the Word of God, what you see portrayed in the Word of God is an, you see instruction and and example of truth being transferred by way of teaching, by way of preaching, by way of um, conversation. Uh, Jesus did a whole lot of one-on-one and one-on, you know, small group conversation, uh, discussion, if you will. Um, You see uh, reading portrayed, writing portrayed, study portrayed, and you say, okay, but that was back before there were such things as media. I would argue that not all kinds of media are the same in that some forms of media have a tendency to lead the wrong direction in your thought process, even before the content itself was taken into account. So what I mean is this, are you familiar with the, with the argument that decisions should flow from the emotion, which should flow from the intellect? I've heard the concept. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it goes like this intellect to emotion, to will. So essentially my, my argument should be not, should not move you first emotionally. It should move you first intellectually. I should reason with you. I should give you reasons why I want you to do something. Those reasons should then produce a certain feeling in you, which then moves you to action. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Completely so follow you. That, that, is, that is what one of the reasons that's a healthier form of trying to get people to change, to do something different, is because it's long, long term. If I just move you emotionally and get you to do something, you will have a high percentage chance of of no longer doing it once you're no longer moved emotionally, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's take let's take invitations for example in churches. Are there are there badly done invitations? Yes. Are there well done invitations? Yes. I, I, and and I wrote about this in schizophrenic. And there are manipulative invitations where someone is simply manipulating your emotions, they're, just like they're manipulative sermons where preachers yeah. just playing on your emotions. So I, I love Martin Lloyd-Jones, for example. Martin Lloyd-Jones never heard him preach because he was dead before I was alive, um, but he, he or shortly after I uh, was, was born. But he the tagline that has been used to associate with his ministry is logic on fire. And I like that because it says, here's, here's the argument, here's the reason, and then that produces an emotion in me which moves me to do something. And I've read thousands of pages of Martin Lloyd-Jones writing, and I agree with that. I like the summation of logic on fire. So what does all that have to do with this discussion? When churches or people move themselves to the media side, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time media plays on the emotions. So what does the news do? The news, right, if it bleeds, it leads. It leads. Right? Yeah. It inspires fear. I, I think, you know, without we wouldn't have to like prove a whole lot of things to say the media plays off of fear. Absolutely. Um, 
I would argue that talk radio, uh, of which I used to be a consumer, that talk radio is very emotionally driven. I, I think on the left and the right, whether you're talking about talk radio or you're talking about you know MSNBC or you're talking about Fox or you're talking about you know One America or whatever, they they, they everything's a crisis, everything's a panic, everything's awful, everything's you know every election is the most biggest election that the, the, the country's ever had. It's, it's, yeah. it's all geared toward emotion because emotion gets fast results. So when a church or a, a religious organization that is supposed to convey the truth of God, which should form people into the image of God, when they, when they go primarily the emotional direction, they will get faster results, but those results will not be as long lasting. And so, so much of what contemporary Christian America has done is to go in the direction of what, how can we move people emotionally? Mm. I think that's why, for example, that they prioritize music and de-emphasize preaching. Yeah. Preaching can be emotional, but most often preaching is logical. Good preaching especially is, is, yes. is logical, right? Yeah. Which then produces emotion. But music is straight emotion. I've, I've read 25 books about music. Music is an emotional language. It's mm-hmm. the way feelings sound. And so you can get someone somewhere faster with music than you can with preaching. You just won't keep them there as long. Sure. So all of that to say, I think that what, a, what, what, a, what ministries need to do is understand that everything that God instructed in the Bible, from what I can see and exemplified, was this this flow of intellect to emotion to will and so when we however we choose to use media it ought to follow that same pattern of intellect to emotion to will and so if i am getting something out of order and i'm bringing the emotion first and then moving people to action whether it's teenagers in a youth rally or it's people watching a television show or listening to a podcast or a if i'm primarily jumping for the juggler vein of emotion, I can get somewhere faster and I can get more attention. I can get more eyeballs. I can get more clicks. I can get all of that faster, a bigger crowd, but I'm not going to, to do it. The biblical, the the biblical flow, if that makes sense to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, And I, like I said, I've heard that concept before, but you articulated it very well of just that pattern intellect to emotion, to will, and I think of, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about growing up and going to a lot of you, you referred to youth rallies or maybe youth camps. Right. Yeah. And I remember even hearing, you know, preachers and, um, you know, now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh, I can kind of, if you will, without, I'm trying not to be too cynical, but I can kind of see right through it, if you will. Sure, it right. was like you said, I, cause I mean, teenagers in particular, very emotional creatures, right? Um, they've got raging and, and very, hormones. very easily, very easily manipulated. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. And so, you know, I look back at it now and, and I've even, you know, um, as an adult, maybe, you know, been involved maybe with a more youth driven event where they have, you know, these emotionally driven speakers and whatever that are, you know, I, I think again, without trying to be too critical, I'm like, you're not preaching a lot of the actual scripture. Uh, you are really just writing, you know, you're telling you know, telling funny jokes and, and, right. and really, you know, emotionally moving stories right. and, you know, and, and all these situations. And yeah, you're getting this big response when you're calling, you know, the altar call and invitation and you're getting people to go forward and some and kids are crying and all these things. And, but it's like, and it's not to say that some of that, cause I, I can say it like I, 
genuinely as a teenager made a few decisions in those environments that even to this day, I believe uh, they made a difference. It shaped my life, if you will. But I can also see in my own life and definitely in the lives of others that I knew that, like you said, it was short lived because, you know, the, the intellect, if anything was minimal, uh, the emotion though was what was prioritized and emphasized. Uh, and so the the results were not sustainable. You know, they're not long, they're they're not long lasting, they're just temporary. So I, I think that's a great way to look at anything, whether you're looking at media or the actual way that somebody, you know, in the case of a pastor or or a, a teacher or preacher handles, you know, their handles the word of God and handles their opportunity to uh, to preach. And I like what you said too, uh, about how, yeah, it seems that there is so much emphasis and I do, I seen it on, on, again, both sides of the spectrum, the more conservative and the more modern, there's so much emphasis on things like music and the style of music and, you know, how we're using music, uh, or maybe not even just music, how we're, you know, preference of how the, you know, worship services is, you know, run pulpit attire, you know, things like this. And it's right. like, you know, and, and and they do, they make, uh, you know, all types. Cause I've, I've been part of very large churches that are even uh, definitely on the conservative, you know, side, the, the independent Baptist side, if we're going to call up, you know, specific, you know, denominations and whatnot. And they, um, and they still have a lot of production that goes into what they're doing. You know, they're doing a certain style of worship very, very well. Um, but it's almost, and I'm not saying this was universally true, but there were times where it was like, oh, and then the preaching is kind of an afterthought, you know? Um, and, and I think as I've worked with a lot of churches and I've, you know, designed, one of the biggest things I'm asked to do is design graphics. Um, and I always push a pastor. I said, look, what can, what can you do to start emphasizing when we talk about maybe a more general marketing strategy? I said, what can you do in even your marketing to start emphasizing your preaching? You know, uh, what can you do to get people excited about maybe a sermon series or or upcoming sermon that you have so that as they're even preparing to go to church, they're not thinking just hope the music's good today, you know, hope that they, you know, the sound guy doesn't mess up. Uh, they're thinking, hey, I'm really looking forward to the content that, you know, is going to be preached during today's sermon. And that's, that's a, a that, uh, that's a great point because what it, what does Paul say in First Corinthians uh, that that preaching is what reaches people and preaching is what builds people, and mm-hmm. so often churches have viewed and even conservative churches, but churches in general, since we're talking about churches, have viewed it as programs and ministries are what build mm-hmm. churches. Right? I have to I have to target this demographic. I have to have something for the single mothers. I have to have something for the addicted. I have to have something for. And I understand. I, I'm not criticizing those. Right? We yeah. we have those. But if if it's I have to have you know these youth activities in order to draw on families, I have to have a playground so that they, they the, the kids have somewhere to play. I have to really seem to cater to all of these groups. I've got to have a seniors group and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm going to bring in all these people by 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 marketing to all these niches rather than I'm going to get up and I'm going to preach the word of God. I don't yeah. want to over reference Martin Lloyd Jones, but it's curious how what our generation faces the 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 uh, amount of it is different, but the fact of it is not. So when he took his first mm. church in Wales in the 1930s, he took a, a what we would call a church revitalization project. It, it was a pretty much a dead church, defunct church. They had just had their previous pastor dump a bunch of money, convinced them that drama was the way to go to reach young people. This is the 1930s, built a big yeah. stage. 
to, to stage dramas. So Mark Lloyd-Jones shows up and he's young. He's in his thirties, first pastorate. Uh, he didn't, he never went to seminary. He was a medical doctor and he he's being shown on a tour through the church building. He says, what's this? They say it's the stage. He, he essentially says, I'm not quoting, but he essentially says, well, that's good. We can tear that out and use that wood to feed the furnace. And they were like, well, what are you going to do to reach people? He said, I'm going to preach. Yeah. And that's what he did. That's what his ministry was built around the preaching of the word of God. And not that, not that that's the only way we can communicate truth, because again, you know, there's lots of instruction and example of other ways to communicate truth in the Word of God. And I don't think it's wrong to use ways or means that are not necessarily mentioned in the Word of God, provided that you don't violate the 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 means in which God wants to use the Holy Spirit to change people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it goes back to, again, like I said, just how practically you laid it out. Like, are you appealing more to emotion or to intellect? I think that's an honest question that everyone can ask themselves um, is, you know, what, what, what are you trying, what are you gearing your, whether it's your sermon or your music or whatever it is, what, what are you trying to appeal to? So then you go back to my tweet and you find some, not all, but some of the genesis of my frustration. Mm -hmm. Because so often, television and even Christian television appeals to, it's not teaching truth, it's not discussing truth, it's not portraying truth or modeling truth. Some is, and I do have an issue, like like The Chosen, for example, that's portraying the life of Jesus Christ. My issue with that is not that it's emotional versus intellectual. My issue with that is I think it's doctrinally compromised. That's a different discussion or maybe another aspect of this discussion. We're going to pick up the next part of this conversation in a future episode. So until then, you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel and following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. And if you want to be really awesome, leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. And if you want to connect with me and learn more about what we do at Must Increase, simply head over to Must Increase. Well, thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we continue to increase truth and inspire hope right here on the Must Increase podcast.